This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com. That is blockbases.com. So welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we tweet all things Cosmos. We, t- we talk about what's going on in the Cosmos ecosystem, and then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders to uh, spaces like these. And today, Veronica, thank you so much for coming. Veronica from Eclipse, welcome to the club. Thank you. So uh, let's just uh, start perhaps with uh, a little bit of personal background. Uh, people in, in Cosmos in particular, I feel, but uh, crypto also in general, they come from all walks of life. I mean, uh, some people are obviously very financial. Some people are highly technical. Recently, I, I hosted a space here at the club with uh, someone that was a chemical engineer. That was a first for me <laughs> to hear. Um, so yeah, who is Veronica and how did you end up working on Eclipse? Yeah, I can just give you kind of a walk through what I've done. Um, I would say definitely not, definitely not a chemical engineer, um, but... In terms of my background, I started in crypto, I would say personally around 2017, and then had an opportunity to start off at a fund where I was doing mostly, I was mostly on the financial side, helping them out for investing um, at a quantum mental fund. I've kind of had a interesting path, I would say. I started off there, you know, it was definitely on the institutional side. I've worked at a fund, I went to a smaller DeFi execution shop, and then actually had a brief stint at BlockFi. And right before I joined Eclipse, I was at a data provider called The Tie, which was an institutional data provider, where, you know, most of my career before Eclipse, I was definitely more on the institutional, um, but fund-related, VC-related side, where I got to speak to a lot of those. But, you know, coming from kind of a smaller startup where when I was at Scholem, which is the DeFi trade execution shop, I definitely enjoyed working on more of an infrastructure project and discovered throughout the way that, you know, like DeFi or anything really financially related wasn't really what spoke to me. I started off understanding that during college that blockchain technology would definitely change the world, but really, you know, investing financial products weren't it for me. And I was looking to go to a pure infrastructure shop. So that's how I came across Eclipse. And I really enjoyed the fact that working at Eclipse, you could be very much vertical agnostic in the beginning. It kind of caters to so many different spaces given that it's just, you know, pure blockchain infrastructure. I personally really enjoyed actually video games as I was, uh, when I was smaller. So going to a company that first when I was joining was focusing on a lot of gaming projects, but whilst not specifically working on one game, seemed really interesting. And with my background, right, in the institutional space, I felt that I could kind of poke around different sectors and figure out really how we could leverage blockchain technology to improve sectors that, let's say, are more, I would say, Web 2, Web 2.5 as well. So 
definitely super excited to be at Eclipse. What I currently do at Eclipse is I am our institutional BD lead. I currently work with a lot of our um, <clears throat> enterprise clients. Think of us as, think of the clients that I work with, you know, a lot of decentralized physical infrastructure network, a lot of privacy networks, a lot of L1s and even Web 2.0 enterprises that are looking to kind of understand how blockchain technology works and how we could better help them either build out, you know, their supply chain infrastructure or even just gain some sort of access to blockchain technology. Beautiful. Sorry, I was on mute just uh, there for a second. But um, very, very interesting background. Uh, there's some, uh, there's a lot of uh, things to unpack there. Uh, and obviously, we want to zoom in and unpack uh, Eclipse in particular. But I have to ask, how was your experience with BlockFi? It was uh, one of the institutions or one of the companies that got into the wildfire uh, after the last DeFi summer. So I think I just got to ask, how, how was your experience there? I think my experience there was really good. I actually got out before the storm hit. I would say it was a really interesting experience for me in the sense that I wanted to go somewhere that was a little more retail focused, given that I was working with a lot of institutions to see if there was anything I could learn from there in terms of speaking to retail focused clients, even understanding how to better grasp the concept of mass adoption, right? Since the one thing that I really believe in is that the barrier of entry right now for crypto is still a little high. Um, I feel like the crypto bubble is still massive. Whenever I'm in New York, there's a very strong crypto community. Speaking to them, it feels very different than when I go home or I speak to some of my friends who have really no idea what is going on in the crypto sense. So I would say, you know, I learned a lot of things there and it was, it, it was really helpful. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I just have to ask. I mean, uh, it's one of those names that uh, we all know about today. Uh, after the whole blow up of many institutions, it's it's crazy to think about it. Obviously, uh, now with the the SEC coming after Coinbase and, and Binance US, like who knows what's going to happen now, right? Uh, under all the scrutiny that's gonna that's gonna come from the SEC and other other legislators. But uh, but let's focus on Eclipse. Uh, this is the topic of today, of course. So uh, for those who haven't been paying much attention, uh, you we had uh, you guys on before. So anyone who wants to also sort of refer back to uh, where you were a few months from now and until today. Um, but for anyone out there who hasn't been paying much attention to, to Eclipse, talk to us about what Eclipse is and uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, so just kind of a high level on what Eclipse is. Eclipse is a roll-up as a service provider. And what we do is we help developers deploy really customized app chains for their projects without really worrying about infrastructure, security, or reliability. Kind of to go more in depth about that is what we do. Um, well, I guess we can just start off with what are some of the problems right now in blockchain technology or architecture? I would say the first thing that really comes up is the blockchain trilemma, right? We always have to think about the three aspects of that, which is scalability, decentralization, and throughput as well. So when you think about that, whenever we try to maximize one of those angles, we also kind of fail or have to demote any of the two other angles. So we really saw at Eclipse that, hey, what's the way we can go about to build some sort of infrastructure so that application developers can 
go ahead and build whatever it is that they dream of without having to make any trade-offs. So that's kind of how Eclipse came about. And what we do is we really, we build these module rollups that help um, developers leverage either specific security or get specific security features and customizations whilst enabling them to get security from any data availability layers that they would like. Damn, I did it again. <laughs> I forgot to unmute. Um, how does that compare to uh, to all the other sort of uh, ecosystems that are starting to to build uh, sort of uh, on top and, and try to scale? So the, the first people that comes to mind is Dimension, obviously Celestia, all these this whole uh, modularity uh, narrative that's uh, that's coming into play here. Uh, so how do how do you guys see yourself really in in this in this space? Yeah, for sure. I think so. You mentioned some names. So that if we start off with Celestia, right? Or I guess just kind of for everyone to understand that currently, in terms of like blockchain architecture, a lot of them are monolithic, which means that they like let's say Solana or Ethereum, right? All of the nodes that are running on them, they all currently do every single layer or I would say step of you know, a transaction on blockchain, whether that be the data storage on the data availability layer or the consensus mechanism as well for security, the settlement, which is where you verify the transaction and the execution, which is where the transactions happen, right? So all of that currently still runs on, for let's say like Ethereum or Solana, everything runs through that specific blockchain. And then when we've seen, what we've seen is that when that happens, then we kind of go back into that whole blockchain trilemma. So because of that, a lot of these projects like Celestia and Dimension have discovered that if you just focus on one part of those three layers, then you'll be able to maximize what you're really good at and you'll be able to kind of help out in terms of the trilemma. So Celestia, for instance, we work really closely with them. We were actually part of their modular fellows um, program and we, they are a data availability solution. So what they do is they solely do data storage, but we are actually built on top of them. So what that means is usually if you were a rollup and you were built on top of Ethereum, you would actually be fighting for data space or data storage or slash block space with all the other projects that are built on top of them. But if you go with Celestia, you'd be able to just to use one of their millions and millions of block space. So you're not anymore fighting for that, which means that in terms of transactions fees, for instance, you wouldn't have to pay for a lot of that when there's higher congestion, et cetera. So I think a lot of these players kind of in the modular space have understood that by kind of focusing on one aspect and building and kind of picking the best of every layer, you're able to kind of build an infrastructure that is so much better than what's available right now. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's great to see this, uh, this whole narrative coming to, coming to life, really. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of potential. And uh, as you say, uh, we need to solve scalability. I mean, uh, if we are to truly onboard the next generation of builders and users, etc., we're not going to be able to do that on a monolithic architecture, that's for sure. Um, L2s, I mean, sure, there's benefits, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be the next Facebook, the next Instagram, the next TikTok, whatever, that's going to be built on an L2. So, uh, so yeah, uh, it's great to see new architectures, modul modularity really uh, being uh, being possible in Web3. Uh, right now, when you build in Web2.0, for example, you, you build typically with a microservice uh, setup 
architecture. Um, and this is uh, somewhat similar um, what Eclipse, Celestia, and all you guys are, are really pushing here. But uh, last time we spoke, uh, for those that didn't tune in, we talked a lot about Cascade, which was a big theme. Uh, you just announced it, the first uh, SVM roll-up powered by Injective and uh, Eclipse. Talk to us about how it's, uh, how it's been, how it's gone with, uh, with Cascade, and uh, where are you heading with that uh, from here? Yeah, for sure. So we're super, super excited about what's going on with Cascade. The last time we had spoken, they hadn't launched yet. They currently have launched and are in testnet, and we've been working really closely with them. I will say that last week at the Solana Hacker House, they had a second, they had a workshop where they actually went over every single <clears throat> update related to what's been going on with Cascade. And one of the really interesting things was that they actually got BonkSwap, which is the Bonk Unicoins DEX, to deploy on Injective which is really a huge step for interchain collaboration since, you know, Bonk has such a huge um, community slash visibility in the Solana ecosystem, right? And I would say one of the main things that that illustrates is that Solana projects are so much more composable in Cosmos now by cooperating with IBC, which is also a huge feature that I'd like to focus on since we technically at Eclipse are working on IBC um, to be connected to every single Eclipse chain right now. So every single chain on Eclipse will be able to communicate with any other chains through our IBC connection. So in terms of that, you know, Cascade is really our golden child right now that's really illustrating how we can push for interoperability in the blockchain space. I see. I think uh, just to help the listener here, uh, because there's a lot of players involved in the in this whole roll-up uh, technology, if you will. Uh, if we focus on Cascade for now, there's obviously Injective, there's the Solana ecosystem, there's Eclipse, and then you mentioned Bonk. Bonk is the dark, dark, dark coin, like Dogecoin uh, on Solana, if I'm not mistaken. Um, can, you, can you just, maybe it's an unfair question here, but can you try to guide us through like all these moving pieces, how... How do they come together with uh, with Eclipse technology? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Injective is a Cosmos-based L1, and they are a DeFi-focused blockchain built on Cosmos. So what they're very known for is that they currently have a lot of projects. They have, I believe, higher liquidity than Solana. And um, one thing that they were looking for is, hey, how can we communicate or cooperate with more projects that are outside of our ecosystem, right? And that's something that was previously never possible given that there was, there is a difference in programming language, etc. You're kind of anchored to your ecosystem at the moment. Let's say if we just exit the Cosmos ecosystem, a lot of other um, ecosystems, let's go with Ethereum, everything is coded in Solidity. On Solana, everything is coded in Rust. So if you wanted to interact with any types of other ecosystem, you would have to change your entire code base. There's also a lot of backend infrastructure with wallets, um, block explorers, indexers, and all of those are very unique to their ecosystem. So the way Eclipse plugs in is the fact that, you know, if you do deploy a roll-up through Eclipse, everything happens on Eclipse. All of the transactions are settled on Eclipse, but you can post that data anywhere that you would like in terms of data availability option. So that means think of us, I guess the easiest way to think of us is as Lego blocks. So if you were 
a LIGO tower and you wanted to change to a different color, let's say that ecosystems are color coded, right now it's just not possible. Like the puzzle pieces would just not fit. But thanks to the Eclipse infrastructure, you're actually able to kind of build on top of each other. So specifically with Cascade, which is a Solana virtual machine rollup, so everything is coded in Rust with Solana-based wallets. They're actually built on top of Injective, which is a Cosmos layer. We kind of help enable that interoperable architecture to be built out. So given that now this Cascade Solana virtual machine rollup is built out with a complete Solana user interface that is looks exactly like Solana, a lot of these projects that are in the Solana ecosystem, they're actually able to deploy on this rollup and access whatever you know community that is that they're built that the rollup is built on. So for instance in this case Bank Eno, which is basically the Dogecoin of the Solana ecosystem, they've actually deployed on Cascade. And because Cascade is connected to injective through IBC connection, which is the Cosmos Bridge, they're actually able to interact with injective itself. And that's huge in one sense because before this no Solana projects were really able to interact so closely with any other ecosystem in some shape or form. And right now, I would say like the really, really main thing about this entire interchain collaboration is that given that there's so much liquidity on Injective and Cosmos, now Bank Inu, which is the Bank Inu has a swap or a DEX that they call Bank Swap. They're actually able to now integrate with the Injective liquidity so, yeah, I think because of the synergy, it's it's so much more than can be apparent right now. As we see this kind of get built out, we'll see that this is going to be really huge in the way we think of the future of finance, since we're kind of still in an exploratory space in crypto, right? And we want to see finance be built out in so many different ways. And right now, this is just kind of giving kind of that blank slate with so many opportunities for anybody to explore more synergies. Beautiful. <clears throat> well done, uh, Veronica. That was uh, not an easy question, but you uh, nailed it, I think. <laughs> um, and just to bring it home, uh, bringing in one of the community questions uh, from uh, Vivek, who is asking about security, uh, borrowing security from top chains, as Vivek is saying. In this case, I guess top chains would mean uh, Injective and Solana. So how does a uh, bank, um, or perhaps the Eclipse rollup, how does that borrow or rent security? How, how, how is this uh, secured, basically, uh, with the validator set? Yeah, so as of right now, the injective or the cascade rollup is leveraging IBC security and also um, the sequencers that are run. But I know that right now it's still a centralized sequencer. Injective is also looking into the shared sequencers model where they'll be able to decentralize that and gather more security as well. But as of right now, you know, there's a lot of security through IBC and the shared sequencer that they run. I'd like to say that as of right now, the Cascade rollup is also still in testnet. So they're still figuring out the kinks of that. I see. I see. I mean, this is a new territory in general. The whole uh, rollup space, modularity, uh, modular blockchain space is, uh, is, is very new and nascent. Um, but uh, truly exciting stuff. And, and on that subject, actually, where do you see uh, this modularity future um, go from here? Um, I mean, obviously, there's things in production now. 
we start seeing <laughs> uh, things coming live or on testnet at least. Um, but is this is this how blockchains will be built in the future? Like, how do you, how do you see this unfold, basically? Yeah, for sure. I feel like you know now that we've been a couple years into crypto, we've seen that some models work and some don't. In the beginning, monolithic blockchains made sense, but as more projects are building, there's definitely new sectors that are being explored. And kind of going back to the whole model as to why you know traditional rollups don't really work in a sense we have some right now built on ethereum let's say like arbitrum and i think it's a really beautiful model right but right now some of the big mm. projects there are let's say gmx right the <clears throat> the yeah. decks and the swap and leverage platform but you know if i was a game and i was a fully on-chain game wanting to build on a roll-up like arbitrum some of the features there aren't really specific for app they're not app specific at all right I think the Arbitrum model works very much for DeFi products, but hey, you're a game or even like a social fi or even metaverse platform. There just isn't that throughput or in terms of, you know, economic constraints, gas is really expensive. If you're built on Ethereum, if you wanted to leverage that security, there just isn't like you can't do a you can't use a rollup that is one size fits all. So kind of in this concept of modularity. I believe that as more projects start building in crypto, they'll be wanting something that's very specific to their needs. So I, I think everybody is kind of aligning with this concept of modularity. And in the future, we'll see that so many different projects want very, very specific customization with things that I'll say like at Eclipse with some of the projects that I'm working with, some of them want like KYC features or like compliance features, even privacy features as I work with some of the bigger web two enterprises, even banks, they want, they don't want this whole concept of like permissionless blockchains because at the end of the day with the regulatory landscape that we're in, that's just not something that they're able to kind of work with because they'll be slapped with a lot of um, problems in a sense. So I believe yeah. that modularity is really the future. And, you know, with Celestia kind of leading the charge and coining that term, we see so many competitors to them popping up and, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely where everyone's going to be going. We'll be, I think that we'll see a lot of people decide that building their own personal roll-up will be the way to go. And hopefully in two to three years, we'll see more and more roll-ups come up. Right on. You mentioned games a few times now, I noticed. Is that a focus of yours? Is it like GameFi, um, gaming on Web3 uh, roll-ups in this case, uh, blockchains? Uh, is that is that a core focus of Eclipse or is it just by coincidence because you are a gamer it sounds uh, like yourself you are passionate about games yeah so it it is a, in some shape or form a main focus of ours because at the end of the day the purpose of the roll-up right we started off with you know added through but the way we work is that we started off with working with the Solana virtual machine in a sense because of the parallel execution of the virtual machine thereby enhancing the throughput because that is just one of the main constraints that you see whilst building on any of the other L1s. And what are some of the projects that are having problems with that? It's games. Like when we talk about games, kind of the traditional games, when you play something like Legend of Zelda or anything, you're able to play for hours and kind of lose yourself because there's all of these side quests and whatever. But right now I actually mm. went to GDC, which is a gaming conference in SF, and tried out a lot of these newer Web3 games, and there just isn't as much complexity to them. And when I asked them, hey, what's the reason for that? They said, we just don't have any type of blockchain architecture that supports that. 
So that's kind of when mm. we had started off with gaming, and we saw that there was a massive need for better throughput and more customization, but also the ability to go cross-chain for a lot of these games. A lot of these games, you know, a lot of their developers may come from more of a traditional Web2 background, and they see all of these newer ecosystems that say, hey, we have a lot of games with us, like, come build with us. And when they start building there, then before Eclipse, there was always this problem where it's like, oh, like, we built on this blockchain and now we can't move anywhere. But now with Eclipse, because you're technically built on us as a roll-up and we aren't really tied to any of the ecosystems, you're able to kind of switch data availability or L1 layers at your choosing. If you started off with one and you didn't like the community or you thought it was too expensive, you now have the ability to switch. So hmm. gaming has been kind of a core focus for us. I personally just enjoy working with the games, but also, you know, I do most of our institutional stuff. So, but we, we have somebody else doing gaming, but more of a personal interest, but still a main focus is the best way to put it. Makes sense. So someone that has worked with institutional finance and games, it's an interesting combo that you have there. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the roadmap then. Let's talk about uh, how you guys are uh, rolling up uh, new features or new roll-ups uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, months, years, uh, pick your poison really here. I mean, you have the SVM uh, roll-up, the uh, Cascade, uh, which is on testnet right now, and you will go live with that at some point, I'm sure, on mainnet. Um, but uh, I'm sure there's all other things on the roadmap as well. Yeah, so I know I've been talking a lot about SVM, but we actually also have EVM. So the roadmap is to kind of go into this one-stop shop, roll-up as a service provider, where you'll be able to come and use, you know, some sort of, uh, this is kind of leaked alpha, but some sort of a self-service option. So you'll be able to come onto our website, pick which virtual machine you want, which in-house features you'd like, and we'd be able to spin up a roll-up for you. So yeah, right now we have EVM, SVM, looking to add a lot more virtual machine, probably the Move VM after, but, you know, exploring a lot of other ones. Um, the IBC connection will really be huge as well, working on that right now. But all of the chains will be IBC enabled. You'll be able to interact with other chains. And yeah, I think that's really what's on our roadmap. And I think self-service will be really huge for anybody that's looking to spin up a chain fast. You just casually kind of dropped some alpha there. Um, let's yeah. uh, back <laughs> secret. <laughs> let's back up a bit. Like if you what you describe sounds so simple. I go on a website. I choose whatever uh, ecosystem chain I want to spin up a roll-up on, EVM, SVM, uh, basically choose whatever you want. And then, boom, it just, like, is that it? Like, there must be more steps than that. Uh, that's that's just too simple, it sounds like. <laughs> well, I think so. there are more steps for that, but that's something that happens on the back end with us because, you know, we are also in testnet right now. And one of the main things I work with as well is L1 integration. So we launched you know an svm roller for for injective we are launching one for polygon we're launching one for a few of the other major l1s so what we're doing during that process is also integrating them as a data availability layer so after that is integrated for you guys as a user on the front end when you do go on the website you will actually be able just to kind of pick so if we have them integrated you'll be able to pick where which data availability layer or L1 you, you want to kind of have exposure with and also pull security from. And I would say 
the actual deployment of the rollup doesn't take that long. It's mostly these integrations that we do on the back end, but that's what the testnet is here for at the moment. And the, you know, we're aiming for kind of like end of Q3, early Q4 for mainnet as of right now. So by then, everything will already be built out and it'll be very easy for you to pick, you know, whichever settings you want and have the rollup be deployed. Oh, one thing as well Damn. is one of our testnet partner, actually Zebek, their payments platform, and they have a SVM rollup through us called the Nautilus chain. That's going to be going into mainnet in the coming month as well. So anybody who would like can play around with it. This is just so exciting. I mean, the amount of innovation that I can just foresee happen when it's so accessible and so easy to spin up rollups. It, I mean, it's that's incredible, right? It's, it almost reminds me as uh, the first time uh, I, I've been building websites and apps, uh, mobile apps for, for a long time. And uh, I remember the first time, you know, something like Wix or Weebly or whatever they call Squarespace, where you could just create a website, you know, drag and drop easy, right? Or WordPress. It was a game changer. It almost sounds like the same. It, it sounds similar, at least, what you guys are aiming at. Yeah, exactly. We want to make it really easy for people to spin up rollups. As I was saying in the beginning, I think that, you know, the barrier of entry right now for crypto is too high. There's so much education that needs to happen. So the easier we can make it for anybody to really work on that is really the path that we're looking to take. That's... Uh... That's a big uh, endeavor right there. So let's talk about, uh, or perhaps dream a bit, um, if we sort of uh, go way beyond the coming uh, months or perhaps years and go like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 maybe even. Uh, and let's say uh, you sit on your front porch or wherever you're comfortable, Veronica, uh, looking back at what you have built and executed on with uh, with Eclipse. Uh, what would make your you know smile uh, through your teeth um, and sort of say to yourself 20 years from now, like, okay, this is exactly what we set out to build. How would the Eclipse look like 20 years from now, let's say? Yeah, so I think for me, like, the craziest assumption I could have for Eclipse, right, is that I'm a very big proponent of mass adoption. So I don't actually want people to know that they're using Eclipse. I want crypto to be integrated or blockchain technology so much into our daily lives that it becomes normal for my end. I'll be able to see like, Hey, it's really awesome that all of these projects or even like web two enterprises are using Eclipse as the technology that they've decided to go with to really leverage blockchain tech. But, you know, so being able to see Eclipse being built out on the back end for all types of projects, not just, you know, financial projects, but really any really verticals of technology would be really huge. Awesome. And I think you guys are on your way, uh, to be quite honest, just listening to you and uh, and uh, what you guys are already doing with Cascade, of course, but uh, also aiming at doing. Um, it's just a clear, such a clear vision, uh, it sounds like, just listening to you. So uh, if you just continue having that laser focus, I think uh, th this could actually happen, right? Yeah, thank you so much. I think especially being on a Cosmos spaces right now, if any other Cosmos chains are looking to access any other types of ecosystem or have more interoperable features, feel free to reach out to me as well. Let that be a shout out to all the Cosmos chains uh, listening now or re-listening afterwards. But speaking of Cosmos, obviously being the Cosmos club, that's our core focus. 
How do you see uh, Cosmos as a technology, of course, the Cosmos stack, but also the ecosystem being uh, paramount to uh, to building what you set out to build in the coming years? Yeah, so what I really respect and enjoy from the Cosmos ecosystem is really this ethos that all the Cosmos chains are very much self-sovereign chains. You're in the art of inventing blockchain, right? It's really much this blank slate. I think there's a lot more customization that's enabled or even possible in Cosmos. So the one thing that I've been mentioning, right, is the IBC integration. Integrating something like IBC on Ethereum would be incredibly hard. You'd have to update so many different opcodes versus on Cosmos because of the way the architecture is designed. It's so much easier for us to implement such things. So because of that, I'm hoping that we'll be able to build out a lot more features that we haven't even discovered yet, right? Um, but we'll be able to kind of push for this blank canvas type of scene where we'll be able to test out any features that anybody that comes to us will be able to impl- will be able to implement those. So really excited to be working closely with the Cosmos ecosystem in that sense. And we look forward to work with you too. <laughs> we, um, you know, this is uh, this is growing. Um, we've been around for at least officially as an account for almost a year now. And uh, it's just marvelous to see uh, all this, all these different ideas coming to life. I mean, obviously the Cosmos Hub, uh, finding its place in the Cosmos universe uh, with the replicated security. There's just mesh security. Like, there's just so many things that was just on the drawing board not too, too long ago. And it's actually getting executed on, not just in a, on a testnet, uh, but of course, first on testnet, but also on mainnet. It it it's just it's incredible to see, really. Um, just following closely on a day to day basis. But Veronica, this has been uh, an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on. Uh, and very 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 inspirational and informative. Is there anything you want to leave the community with today, or perhaps uh, ask the community to do? You already mentioned if you are Cosmos Chain, go talk to Eclipse. But um, is there anything else we can do as a community? Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing that's for me, it's like where everybody is always in this R and D stage. Is if there's anything that you guys are working on, what are some of you know this coming from more of an infrastructure provider? What are some of you know the barriers or the blockers that are hitting you at the moment that you wish you could solve? Because at the end of the day, our entire motto is we want you to build the app of your dreams whilst we kind of deal with the more boring backend blockchain infrastructure. So if there's anything that you want to build that you can't right now with the current architecture, please let me know what it is so we can start incorporating those features and then maybe one day we can work together. Makes sense. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on the club today. I'm sure this is not the last time we uh, we have a conversation or hear from Eclipse. So uh, Godspeed. All the best to you guys over there. Yeah, thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score, and if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past, well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet 
and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com, that is blockbases.com.